I hope you had an incredible weekend as you're tuned into the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. For today, Monday, August the 7th, I'm your host, Donald Ware, known as the uh, John Madden of Black College Football, and uh, uh, really proud of that moniker. I don't want to get into why, but if you want to, you can Google it and uh, and see why. You know, we've been doing these HBCU Football Daily Podcasts since June 19th, Monday through Friday, and we're in, in the really the heart of the MEAC right now as, of course, on Friday we took a look at South Carolina State. As a matter of fact, we previewed uh, quite a few teams from the MEAC on last week, and we're going to finish up with the MEAC this week. And taking a look at Norfolk State, and by the way, um, thank you for your feedback as it relates to our HBCU Football Daily Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at box to row B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. And um, if you have uh, any thoughts on anything that we have to say on the podcasts, on Twitter, use hashtag HBCU125, hashtag HBCU125. Um, Norfolk State finished 4-7 and seven last year. and I thought maybe overall, although you got to give credence to winning three of your last four ball games and then winning your last two ball games, including on the road against South Carolina State and Hampton. So I'll say at one point I thought the program had taken a step backwards. But when you because they had lost six straight games, a tough schedule to begin the season and then to lose six straight games. Um, although I, I, I will say to win three of your last four. And again, the, the teams that I mentioned in that big um, Battle of the Bay to end the season against Hampton again at Hampton and then to beat a good South Carolina State team is pretty good. I, I think, you know, some may point to a loss at North Carolina Central or the loss to North Carolina Central where um, it, it was a three-point loss, but I think North, uh, North, North Carolina Central had put a little bit of um, uh, had had let up a little bit because they were really handing it to Norfolk State, although give the Spartans credit uh, for coming back. Uh, so with that being said, um, maybe it's a step uh, definitely to end the season three of your last four ball games. Um, because some of the losses, I mean, you look at some of the losses, the loss to to Howard, which 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 you know really um, is not good for a Howard program that has really struggled and to lose to Howard uh, wasn't good at all. Um, you know, Bethune-Cookman was a loss. You know, it was a Bethune-Cookman program that was beset by injuries last year, so you would think maybe um, the Spartans could pull a win out. But then um, to beat again Hampton, South Carolina State, and then they had beaten Morgan State, but they had lost to Savannah State, who I thought, again, if you heard me last week and talking about Savannah State, I thought Savannah State took a step forward last year, as a matter of fact. Um, so I think coming into this season, when you look at Norfolk State, they're going to be playing a lot of young guys. They have only six seniors. And I think that's why I think last year Norfolk State didn't excel. I, I thought Norfolk State was going to be a top five team in the MEAC on last year, but they played a lot of young guys and um, uh, quarterback Greg Hankerson couldn't really get it going, but I think a lot of that had to do um, with the offensive line being young this year. Four of those five starters return, and one of the guys I really like is K.J. Kirby. He's He plays left tackle. He started all 11 games 
as a freshman last year. Um, I really thought he was part of a really good recruiting class for Norfolk State in 2016. And I think this is going to be a solid offensive line. So it's going to start there with the offensive line. They're going to have to find something in the running game. They lose from a running back uh, perspective. Uh, they lose a, a young man in Gerard Johnson who, uh, who who actually did pretty well last year. Uh, Quintrell Chung comes back as their leading guy in terms of their leading rusher, 251 yards rushing, only averaged 3.1 yards per carry with two touchdowns. But they brought a couple of guys in their recruiting class that I think uh, could be some guys that uh, definitely could get it done. Then you have to look at the quarterback position. Well, with the graduation of Hankerson, who's going to be the quarterback? Well, again, when I look back at the recruiting class, I go back to 2016. They had um, recruited a young man by the name of Trick Harrington, and he was uh, from right here in Raleigh, played at East Wake High School, put up some really good numbers through for over 2,000 yards, rushed for over 1,000 yards. Uh, and and put up some really good numbers. He decided to go to prep school after the signing class of 2016, went to Fork Union, resigned with Norfolk State. So now, again, as I talked about, when you're talking about a prep school, it's not college, but it's above high school, so it's kind of in between. And if you can excel there where he excelled at Fork Union, led them to an 8-2 and two record through 22 touchdowns, uh, it is no question um, – and 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 it's not, you know, it, it's no doubt why right now he's the number one guy. He's the number one guy right now. Um, Tyree Givers uh, also is a guy. Uh, Tyree Givers Wilson, that is, also is a guy that got some reps uh, on last year. He's sitting at number two right now. And then another young man that they brought in, Jawan Carter, is sitting at number three. So Norfolk State has some questions offensively. Um, more so at the quarterback position, also at the running back position as well. But um, I, I, I like that offensive line. They've gotten some experience. And, you know, I, with a guy like Latrell Scott, a, you know, w- one of the brilliant young coaches in all of really college football, I think they're going to figure it out offensively. Um, when I look at Norfolk State, from a defensive perspective and and a defensive standpoint, I mean, you got a guy like a defensive lineman and Chris Lee who um, Scott, and he does, you know, he, 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 you know, he, he says that he thinks that uh, Lee is the best defensive lineman in all of the MEAC. Um, He's got some pretty good numbers, 47 tackles or had some pretty good numbers last year, 47 tackles for loss, 47 tackles. That is, 13 of those tackles for loss, four and a half sacks on the season. He was preseason first team all MEAC selection. So they got a young man there. And then, but maybe the key to the defense, and Norfolk State has had a history of of really, really good linebackers. More recently, Deion King, uh, 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 Trail, who is with the Washington Redskins right now, uh, Kyle Archer. 75 tackles on last year, five and a half of those tackles for loss. He's going to be sort of the heart and soul, really, of that defense. And um, Norfolk State's definitely got to be better 
on the defensive side of the football, and they weren't very good defensively on last year. And then the quarterback's got to be able to have somebody to throw the football to, and they got a versatile guy, a smaller guy, but this is a young man in Marcus Taylor who can really get it done. He's extremely versatile if I can go back to the defense uh, momentarily. Played um, as a sophomore, uh, uh, was a sophomore on last year, and a versatile guy. He can run the football. Um, he, he's a kickoff returner and can also catch the football as well. So you're going to have to be on the lookout for him from an offensive perspective. With respect to the schedule, um, they open the season at Virginia State. It's another tough schedule. As as, uh, as a matter of fact, they had, a, again, as I mentioned, a tough schedule on last year where they had to play one of the teams that they had to play at the time. Richmond was ranked number two. Um, but then they got to play William and Mary and then James Madison, who won the national championship on last year. So um, it, they open it up with that that great Labor Day classic that they have there at Norfolk State. Last year was Elizabeth City State. This year it is Virginia State. And then two very tough games um, against very good FCS opponents. Um, but the Spartans with six games at home going to have to get off on the right foot. Florida a and 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 Hampton, who I think the Spartans will be battling with both of them um, in terms of where their seating is going to be in the MEAC. Both of those games at home, unfortunately for the Spartans, uh, they got to travel to Durham to take on North Carolina Central, but then they also have Savannah State at home. They're looking to avenge that loss from last year, and then they have the Aggies at home as well. But the Aggies are, are, are going to be obviously a very, very tough uh, football team, but at least – you know, you may have some kind of home field advantage if you're a Spartans fan. So that's a look at Norfolk State on today. On tomorrow, we're going to travel uh, a little bit, uh, stay in the Tidewater area, and going to take a look at the Hampton Pirates. For more information on our podcasts, to listen to any of the podcasts that you may have missed or to download those podcasts, log on to our website at BoxToRow.com. BoxToRow.com. Also, if you're on Twitter, use hashtag HBCU125, and we'll talk with you tomorrow.